All right, we'd like to welcome everyone to the Landmark Baptist Church Wednesday night service. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. And uh, we want to have a quick word of prayer here. Uh, give you an update on my wife. She's doing somewhat better. She's kind of depressed, kind of down and out. You know how it is. You want to get well and you want to do it now. It takes a while. And uh, she's uh, in signature rehabs in room 104. <clears throat> I got an update on Kay. Uh, she's in Tennessee. Uh, a facility down there. I can't remember the name of it. I remembered it till we had that episode with the stand there. But Kay's down in Tennessee. Uh, Mark went down there and seen her today. And they found out why she's having so many problems. Something about her medication. Uh, they're going to have to change her medication. And I, I do want to know what that is so we can find out. Because my wife's kind of going through the same thing Kay's going through. But what kind of medication she has taken was causing her to have these problems with strokes and seizures. And I say this to everyone out there. You better be careful what you're taking. The doctor said... As soon as he realized her symptoms, he knew what the problem was, and, and he's pretty smart. It may be what it is. But uh, we got uh, Kay's in, the, in uh, Tennessee. Uh, Bonnie shared the name of that place with me, and I can't remember it, but she's in Tennessee. Uh, Brenda's in Florida, uh, and she's having trouble with her back, neck, and, and uh, knees. And uh, I think the weather may fire up a little bit down there, but we got also some requests for Mike, uh, for Bruce. <clears throat> a lot of prayer requests out there. We want to have a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for you being the great physician. You're the Lord God that healeth us, Lord. Lord, you visit us with healing in your wings. You send your word and you heal us. Lord, you're you're merciful and kind, gracious. Your mercies are new every morning. Your compassions fail not. And I pray, dear Father God, for these that we just mentioned. Oh Lord, we've got a lot of sick people. Brother Patrick told me he's sick tonight, running a fever. And i got a got a sore throat. We pray for him and Sarah. Lord, for Lucy and Chase and Micah. Help them, Lord, that sickness. Oh Lord, we pray, Lord Father, for Bruce tonight. Pray, Lord, Father, for him. Pray for Christina. Pray for Sarah's stepdad. Oh, Lord, I pray, Lord, Father, Brother Mitchell mentioned, Lord, that he had a cancer. We pray for him. Pray you get him through that. I pray for Brother Charles Fishback. Also got a cancer spot on his leg. Lord, all we're mentioning tonight, Lord, you're more than able, Lord, to uh, heal him. You're more than able, Lord, to deliver him. We pray you will. I pray for Sister Kay uh, down there hurt. Harrington or something like that, Tennessee. Pray you be with her. Uh, Lord, every step of the way, get her back on level ground. Get her strength built back up. Help her and Brother Mark both. He's having all kind of pain problems with his back. Help my wife, Lord. Uh, we pray for her, Lord, that you'd get her, Lord, uh, healed up. I pray she get her mobility back. I pray she'd be able to get her life back. I pray, Lord, Father, for Mike. I pray for Christy. Uh, Lord, we pray, Lord, Father, for all these out there, Lord, that are sick. We can't name them all, Lord, but you know them all. And we know your word says you're touched by the feelings of our infirmities. And Lord, we know, Lord, you said 
that you would come to us. Uh, you said, I'll not leave you comfortless. You said, I will come to you in John chapter 14, verse 18. And Lord, I'm glad you do come to us. And I'm glad you do help us. We pray you bless this little church, Lord. We have no greater desire, Lord, than to be a blessing. Lord, to be fruitful. Lord, to be faithful. A Lord, to keep growing and abounding. A Lord, in the, in the things of God. Help us, I pray, a Lord, each and every day. And bless us with your blessings. Uh, Lord, we give you praise and glory. Ask it all in Christ's name. Lord, we'll pray real quick. Lord, for our country. I wish our leaders had more of God. Uh, Lord, in their heart, I, I do believe we need some godly men in our government. I, I know, Lord, the Bible says that righteous exalt of the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Lord, your word also says in Proverbs 29, verse 2, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. And Lord, we, we just like to see America back with God, back walking with God, teaching its children about God. Thank you for Rita working with her young people back there, Lord. And what a blessing, Lord, that is to have someone trying to Teach our young people about the love of God and the forgiveness of God and the salvation of God. Bless, Lord, this little church. We thank you and praise you. Ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>
Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen Z, each planning the future.
same word, hallelujah, all the languages, all the different countries of the world say hallelujah the same way. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. I'm glad, praise God, there's somebody in heaven that's worthy of praise. Somebody in heaven that uh, came down, gave his life a ransom so that we could be saved. Amen. Amen. Uh, we will be praying for uh, Joe about that surgery. And uh, I'm glad that God not only hears prayers but answers prayers. Amen. Amen. We're going to be on the subject matter again tonight about salvation. I'm just trying to simplify something that many people have complicated. It's simple. I mean, it's, it's so simple. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3 says many have done harm to the simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. That's why we're trying to, to speak about this tonight. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. Paul said, uh, Would to God you'd bear with me a little in my folly. I'm starting in verse 1. And indeed, bear with me. For I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you unto one husband. He's talking about Jesus and the bride of Christ. And I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. He said, But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled at Eve through his sublimity, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. That's what we're trying to do is simplify this matter of salvation. And uh, <clears throat> this is the I Can Help You series. The reason I call it the I Can Help You series is because I am saved. And uh, if you're saved, you got the same way you got saved the same way I did. But uh, <clears throat> I didn't know nothing about salvation before April 27th, 1988. And I'm just going to give you a brief uh, summary of, of my testimony. But uh, my cousin, Mary Ford, married uh, a young girl named Sandra Ford. And uh, she was the first one to get saved. Sandra's very meek, lowly in heart. And uh, you know, the most stubborn hearts like mine, uh, they needed some help getting saved. But uh, she ended up getting saved, and of course, word got out. And listen, if you get saved, word's going to get out. And I'll just tell you before you get saved, uh, you might as well be ready for this. People are going to ask you how you got saved, they're going to ask you where you got saved. And uh, you, need to, you need to know how you got saved. And you need to know where you got saved. You need to remember it. I'm telling you, this ain't a hit and miss. This is either you got it or you don't. But my wife, we've been married now 48 years. Uh, married to a drunk. Uh, didn't give up on me. She should have. But uh, she told me one day, she said, Eddie, Sandy, which is my cousin's wife, Sandy got saved, and she said, I thought you might want to know. 
And I'm glad she did mention that. Uh, For all the wrong reasons, I wanted to know about it because my cousin Barry was my drinking buddy. And uh, I I really wasn't so happy about Sandy getting saved. I was more concerned about losing my drinking buddy. So I loaded the car down with with, uh, beer and headed over to my cousin Barry's house over at 142 Hardwood Street. And I didn't even knock on the door. I just opened the door and barged in. And they was talking. <clears throat> and I didn't know what they was talking about. And I didn't care what they was talking about. I told my cousin Barry. I said I need to talk to you. And I need to talk to you right now. And I'm sure Sandy could probably remember this. But he came out there. And we was in his driveway there at his house. And I was giving Sandy down the road. I said I heard about your wife getting saved. I said you've had it now. She'll have you in church. You'll be end up going to church with her on Sunday instead of going fishing with me on Sunday and drinking having a good time. And you know, I'm just telling you because this is the way it is. And uh, we gave uh, quite a bit of conversation about that. And my cousin said the most profound thing I guess I ever heard him say. And like I said, I don't know what they was talking about when I got there. But uh, he said, Eddie, he said, Sandy's getting baptized two weeks from now. He said, that's not like Sandy, is it, Eddie? And you know, he was thinking along the lines of salvation. Even though I wasn't, he was. And my reaction was, there you go. They'll have you down there baptizing you. You better get you another one of these tall boy past blue ribbons because you might not be able to drink another one with me. And uh, that battle, that battle, uh, if you're not saved, let me just tell you this, there is a battle. The devil doesn't want to let you go. Uh, There is pleasure in sin, but it's for a season. And it's a short season. I know some people, they've lived 80, 90 years old in sin. They're exceptions, most of them, according to the Bible. They don't live out half their life. And I'll give you that scripture so you'll know it. It's in Psalm chapter 50, I believe. Psalms 55. Psalms 55, verse 23. And it's talking about sinners and wickedness. Verse 23 says, But thou, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. That's talking about hell. If you don't want to go to hell, please listen to me tonight. I can help you. These are the I can help you series. It says, Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days but I will trust in thee. Well, how many days are they supposed to live? Look at Psalms chapter 90. We'll get back to the testimony here in just a second. Psalms chapter 90 tells you how many days you're supposed to live. Look at verse 10. The days of our years are three score and ten. That's seventy. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, Yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow 
for it's soon cut off and we fly away. Now you look down verse 12. So teach us the number of our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. That's Psalms chapter 90 verse 10 and 12. Most sinners don't live half their days. They die either before 40 or somewhere around 40. And that's why you need to get saved. You get saved, uh, you already have eternal life. But death, if David said there's but a step between me and death, death is something that can only be conquered by salvation. Because when you get saved, death is no longer an issue. Uh, you got eternal life. Now listen to this saved man here tonight. I, I told my cousin Barry, I said, she'll have you down there and you'll get baptized with her. And I told him, I said, if you want to go fish with me tomorrow, you can go. If not, I said a lot of profanity, blank to blank to you. And I, he went in the house and I go home that night, one hand over one eye, seeing double. We sat out there a long time. We talked about things I wouldn't dare mention here. But I'll just tell you this, God loved me. Even though I didn't know God personally, I do now. But even though I didn't know God personally, He wanted to know me personally. And I'm glad the long-suffering love of God waits on us. Uh, he didn't give me a bolt of lightning. Gave me mercy, gave me grace. But uh, I drove home at night, come in the house barking like a dog. Got up the next morning, forgot about pretty much everything. It's Sunday, and I'm getting dressed to go fishing. My family's getting dressed to go to church. My bedroom door opened, and my little eight-year-old boy walked in the bedroom with his drunk daddy. I was 34 years old. Woke up to me. And I couldn't hardly stand up, still drunk from the night before, smelt like a brewery. That little eight-year-old boy looked up at his drunk daddy, little old tears dripping off his cheeks, little old lip quivering. And he said, Daddy, he said, will you please go to church with me today? And I'll just tell it to you, as honest as I'll tell you, for the first time in my life, at the age of 34 years old, and some of you men out there need to listen to me right now, for the first time in my life, I saw the real Eddie Wade. I've been seeing the Eddie Wade I wanted to see. Back then I had hair, had a beard. But uh, I didn't really need neither one of them, to be honest. So I just need to be saved. But that little old boy asked his daddy, Daddy, will you please go to church with me today? And uh, I choked on the words, but I told my son, I said, of course, Daddy, go to church with you today. And I went to church with my family that day. Reluctantly, they run into church. I'm out there holding on the stand wheel. And you big old men out there think you're too big for God. Why don't you show how big you are? Why don't you come over here? Landmark Baptist Church this Sunday. This coming Sunday morning. Why don't you come and show me just how big you are? See, I, I used to be one of you. I'm out there holding on that stand wheel. My knuckles turning white. The devil's there saying, you you done done it now? Uh, you know, you better get out of here. And I did almost drive back home. We all went there in one car and I thought they'd get a ride home. But I finally got out of that car, went to that door, 
And I'm expecting everybody on the other side of that door to look down there and nose at me like, who brought him in here? Let me tell you something. Churches love sinners. They love them with the love of God. I didn't know that. The devil's lying to me, telling me they're going to say, get him out of here. He ain't got no business here. But I open that door, and they come running over us. Come on in here. We're glad to have you. My breath smelled like a brewery. And I come in there and sit back on the back row. My pastor uh, now wasn't then, but a good friend. He was a good friend. We worked together, and our wives was friends. My pastor, Brother Ricky Prophet, great man of God, uh, he got up there and he preached out of Matthew. I think it's, I uh, can't remember, I think it's chapter 14. Every idle word that men speak, they shall give account of in the day of judgment. I mean, he hit a home run. I had a filthy mouth, filthy mind. And uh, that judgment, I hadn't really thought about standing before God. But he preached good that day. And uh, I tell you, back there in the back row of Bethel Baptist Church, I couldn't hide in the Word of God. I got arrested with conviction. Uh, I didn't know how to be saved. But I will say this. I knew I needed to get saved because of the preaching of the Word of God. Romans chapter 10 says, How shall they hear without a preacher? I heard the Word of God that day. I heard something I wasn't expecting to hear. I heard about my condemnation, but I also heard about the love of God, that God would forgive me and God would save me. And even though that sounds simple, I still didn't know how to get saved. I'm trying to make the matter of salvation clear when I say I can help you. I have been lost, and now I'm saved. So I left that church that day lost, but I'll tell you what, I left that church today and I knew I wanted to get saved. I knew I needed to get saved. And the only thing I had going for me is I'd worked with a man named Wendell Shaw. And Wendell had always tried to talk to me about Jesus. And I always just walked away. Wasn't interested. And I tried to talk to him about things that he didn't want to hear. And he'd walk away. Let me know he wasn't interested. We were kind of opposites. Yet we worked on the same crew. A lot of you out there that are Christians, you're working with people that are undesirable. Uh, don't give up on them. Uh, they just need to get saved. Pray for them. Uh, you may be the very one they come to. I had some of the guys I worked with come to me after I got saved and say, tell me how to get saved. But uh, anyway, uh, I worked with Wendell Shaw, so I thought if I can just get to Wendell, he can tell me how to get saved. So I went out to our darling sons, 10 acres on the roof. And I'm looking for Wendell Shaw. Come to find out he was in the foreman's office. You get lost enough, you'll do what I just did. I just went over and opened up that door and opened it up and said, I don't care what y'all talking about. I'm lost. I'm going to hell. I need somebody to tell me how to be saved. And the foreman, great, great man of God, uh, he, he quoted all kind of Bible verses to me. And uh, you out there, if you're lost tonight, you'll have the same dilemma I had. The Bible says, A natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them. You see, it just didn't register. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1,
Hold on just a second here. I got this new Bible here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. You say, I'm a lost man. And this woman, he's quoting verses of me like, you know, Acts 16.31 Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ now shall be saved. Romans 10.13 Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord they shall be saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 For by grace are you saved through faith and that, that not of yourselves it's a gift of God not of works lest he mention boast. See those are good verses for salvation. But when you're lost you can't just get that. So let me tell you how simple salvation is. Wendell Shaw in that foreman's office saw that it didn't have no effect on me being a child of God and the, the foreman was too. But Wendell worked with me and knew me very uh, we were real good friends. Knew me inside and out. Knew me, knew what I needed. He said, Eddie, let's leave right now. I want to talk to you. We walked out of that foreman's office in the hallway between the foreman's office and the and the bathroom door, people brushing our shoulders on both sides. And when the shawl said to me, he said, Eddie, Jesus loves you, Eddie. He said, Eddie, Jesus wants to save you. He said, he's just waiting for you to ask him to do it. And that still went over my head. And he said, let me give you an illustration. He said, Eddie, if your little boy does something wrong, and he come to you and said, Daddy, I'm sorry, he said, Eddie, what would you do? I said, well, I'd forgive him. He said, Eddie, it's the same way with God. And that's true. He said, if you'll ask God to forgive you, and if you'll ask God to save you, He will. Now this is Monday. I went to church Sunday. I went to Donnelly's Monday. And on, when I left Donnelly's, I went straight home. I went back there to my bedroom and I'd never prayed, didn't know nothing. Well, I did pray with my mama. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep that kind of prayer. But I went back there and knelt down there at my bedside and here's the prayer I prayed. I said, Dear Lord, somebody told me you love me. Somebody told me that if I would ask you, you'd forgive me my sins and you'd save my soul. And I said, Lord, right now, right here, I'm asking you to save me. Now, that does sound simple. But let me tell you this. When I asked him to save me, I also believed him to do it. Because I knew I'd forgive my little boy. No matter what my little boy done, I knew I'd forgive him. So I actually believed him to forgive me. And when I prayed that prayer, here's how simple it is to know that you're saved. All my guilt left. All my condemnation left. And the peace of God took its place. And the joy of being saved, it's wonderful. Psalms 34 verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I have to admit it is good. But I had never tasted before the heavenly things. But when He saved me, not only did I immediately have the peace of God, and the joy of being saved was so wonderful, that I went and looked in the mirror, and I guess I was looking for a halo, I don't know, but the mirror couldn't show it, 
And yet I couldn't hide it. I went and told my mama I got saved. My mama said, shook a bony finger in my face. She said, son, when you get home, look up the word fanatic. That's what you are. And I was. And I'd just never been saved before. Listen, if you've never been saved before, you just don't know what you're missing out on. I went, confronted my dad. My dad said, I'm happy for you, son, but I don't want what you got. Ten years later, he got saved. My mom, she rededicated her life. I went all over town apologizing to people. One lady at Lesbury Building Supply, I told her I saw her. I gave her a cussing. I went over Park Avenue Furniture. They had a preacher work there, and I told him I saw her about bragging. I was bragging about how drunk I was going to get when I got home. Just wanted to, just mean, wanted to watch him tear up. But let me tell you this. That, that young lady that got saved that my cousin said she's going to get baptized two weeks from now. God must have had a little humor in this. Eddie Wade was the next one in line behind Sandra Ford the day she got baptized at, at uh, Brotherhood Free Will Baptist Church. I was the next one in line behind her. <clears throat> God done it. Salvation's of the Lord. He's the only one that can save. Why do you need to be saved, Brother Eddie? Again, we're trying to stay simple. The Bible talks about the sin problem. The first time sin is mentioned, it's mentioned in Genesis chapter 4. Now sin took place before Genesis chapter 4, but the actual word sin, the first time it's mentioned, God told Cain, He said, uh, Cain's offering wasn't accepted and Cain got mad and God confronted Cain about him getting mad. And the Lord said unto Cain, verse 6 of Genesis chapter 4, Why art thou wrong? In other words, God said, Why are you mad? Why is thy countenance fallen? He said, Why are you mad and why are you sad? Verse 7, If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, this is the first time that sin is mentioned. God told Cain, sin lieth at the door. Now the problem is sin. Sin wants in. And when sin gets in, I'll tell you, you'd be surprised what you would do because of sin. we got people right now, I mean, I, I hated to hear about it going through a Terrible ordeal. But uh, that's the way sin is. Sin wants in. If you're saved, sin still wants in. The Bible says not to give no place to sin. Let not sin reign in your, in your mortal body. Uh, sin here, God told Cain, lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire. Sin will make a fool out of you. And that sin problem, I said it was first mentioned there, but actually sin took place in Genesis chapter 3 and the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 12 wherefore by one man it's talking about Adam his incident took place in Genesis chapter 3 and it says by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin you see sin when it runs its course the end result is death if you want to live you need to get to Jesus He'll give you eternal life. The source 
uh, of salvation is Jesus. John chapter 10 verse 9. Jesus said, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. You can be saved. John 10 verse 9. Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And go in and out and find pasture. I know that don't make no sense. If you're lost, if you're saved, you know what that means. But also, Jesus not only wants to save you, but in John chapter 6, verse 37, He won't even turn you away. John chapter 6, verse number 37, Jesus said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him or her, get the pronouns right, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. You see, the problem is you haven't come to Him. And if you do come to Him, you're going to find out He loves you. You're going to find out He'll help you. That sin problem, if you die in your sin, somebody's telling me, Brother Eddie, God's love, He wouldn't send me to hell. You're right. God stood between me and hell. the only reason I didn't end up there. He didn't want me to go to hell. And all my life, God was in front of me trying to turn me to Him. And all the things I did in life that were contrary to the will of God, man, I'm ashamed of them now. But I never will forget the day that God not only stood between me and hell, but God saved my soul. I don't have to worry about hell no more. But sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. If you die in your sins, Jesus said, as I see, I judge. Now He told them in Exodus chapter 12, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Pass over you. Christ, our Passover lamb, was crucified for us. If you got the blood applied, what's that mean, Brother Eddie? Uh, I'll put it in simple terms here. We're chasing rabbits a little bit here. But in Romans chapter 3, God mentions here about the sin. In uh, verse 23, for all have sinned, that's you, all have sinned, come show the glory of God. But look at verse 24, being justified freely by grace through the redemption. I've been redeemed. What that means is somebody paid my sin debt. I don't owe no debt on sin no more. If you die in your sins, Romans 6, 23, jump around a little bit. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Christ Jesus the Lord. But if you don't get saved and you die in your sins, sin demands a payment. Even though God made hell for the devil and his angels, Matthew 25, 41, you're going there too. You're going to make payments on sin. How long will I pay? Forever. You can accept, you can accept the gift of God, be saved, or you can die in your sins, stand before God, be judged guilty, be thrown in the lake of fire. It says... <coughs> Verse 24, being justified freely. I got justified freely. God freely forgave me, freely saved me. Through the redemption in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation. That means a payment. Through faith in His blood, His blood was shed for you. His blood was shed for me. I benefited from it. I confessed I was a sinner. 
I asked him to forgive me. I asked him to save me. He took his blood and redeemed me. Here, listen to this. Through propitiation, through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. God now looks on me, sees the blood. Now when he looks on me, he don't see me as I am. He sees me as Christ made me, redeemed. I'm clean. Verse, uh, my eyes are so bad. Verse 26, to declare, now this is God making this declaration. To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, this is a real good verse. I'm in Romans chapter 3, verse 26. I'm going to go real slow right here. God's making a declaration right here. To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that it might be just. You see, God's got to be just in judging. If you're a sinner, He's going to judge you guilty. And even though I'm a sinner, I'm a saved sinner, I've been redeemed from sin. And for God to be just, He don't judge me because of sin, because of perpetuation that Christ gave His life a ransom for all. His blood paid the sin to the whole world that allows God to be just and the justifier, which is me, of him which believeth in Jesus. That's how come I'm going to heaven. And if you're saved, you're going to. And if you're not, you're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. And the reason I'm trying to make this simple is because I don't want you to go to hell. Jesus don't want you to go to hell. He gave his life for the ransom of the whole world. For all the sins of the world, He came and gave His life for everyone to be saved. Everyone's not saved. Everyone can be saved. Everyone's not going to get saved, but everyone can. That God may be just. Jesus on the cross said, it's finished. He finished the redemption work. Now, whosoever willeth can come and drink the water of life freely. I know that's kind of Bible talk. But whosoever can call upon the name of the Lord now and get saved. Uh, the door of heaven is wide open. Uh, the welcome mat says, come on in. I'm telling you, if you're not saved, it's your own fault. Uh, if you want to be saved, go straight to Jesus and tell Him. Romans 10, 9 says, with the mouth confession is made. Tell Him, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I want you to forgive me. I want you to save me. And I'm asking you to do it right here, right now. I, I, you know, I got saved 36 years ago. I kind of wished I could go through it again. But once was all it took. And I, I'm, I'm glad I am saved now. But sin is a problem. James chapter 1 verse 14 through 16 says, Sin when it's finished brings forth death. If you die in your sins... Not good. If you bring your sins to Jesus, He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you of your sins. The source of salvation is Jesus. I just read that John 10, 9. And also, uh, here we just read here Romans chapter 3 about that redemption plan. Uh, the solution to, to sin is you need to come to Jesus and confess that you're a sinner I know that don't uh, a lot of people don't think 
that they need to do that, but you need to confess. I remember one time George Chris had a man on the altar and he couldn't get saved. And George, he said, have you told God you're a sinner? And he got silent over there. He said, tell God you're a sinner. And the man said, God, I'm a sinner. I want to be forgiven. I want to be saved. And the man got saved right there. you got to confess you're a sinner. With the mouth, confession's made with the heart. Man believeth unto righteousness. Jesus came in this world to save sinners. Paul mentioned that in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Uh, even blasphemers, verse 13. Even persecutors, you know, even Hamas is wicked as they did October the 7th, 2023. They can be saved. Who cannot be saved, brother? The one that don't come to Jesus. Is that you? Have you not come to Jesus? What are you waiting on? How long do you think you got? God does give you space to repent. You run out of space. You die in your sins. Not only will you be sorry, but you'll be eternally sorry. Because you'll spend eternity in a place God prepared for the devil. He didn't make hell for you. He said in John 14 verse 2, He made heaven for us. Not only did He make heaven for us, He made it possible we could go there. He paid the sin there of the whole world. He beckons all to come to Him. In John chapter 5 verse 40, He said, You will not come to Me that you may have life. The problem's not with Him. The problem is, you haven't come to Him and you haven't asked Him to save you. He's right now got outstretched arms. Come unto me. I quoted this last time. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. God says, Come now, saith the Lord. Let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet. Mine was scarlet. God said, I'll make them white as snow. He did. I'm telling you. I wish I could go through it again. I, I knelt down as guilty as guilty could be. As condemned as condemned could be. But just one little humble childlike prayer. Didn't even know how to pray. Just said, Lord, somebody told me you love me. Somebody told me that if I asked you, you'd forgive me my sins and you'd save my soul. And I said, Lord, I'm asking you right here, right now to save me. Lo and behold, a wicked sinner named Eddie Wade got wondrously and gloriously saved April 27th. 1988. Got saved at my home, 9000 Edmonton Road, at the back bedroom. Uh, I guess it'd be on the, uh, what would that be, the north side of the house. Anyway, the back bedroom. Kneeling down my bedside. Didn't have no preacher to pray me through. Didn't have nobody to, to tell me what to do. Just call upon him that's rich in mercy to all that call upon him. Hey, I got a refuge for my soul. I laid hold on eternal life. What'd you do then, brother? I started reading my Bible. You need to too. You need to read your Bible. You need to find out what it means not only to be saved, but you also need to find out how you got saved and what you need to do after you get saved. Peter said as newborn babes in Christ, Desire ye the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Uh, in First uh, Peter chapter two, verse two, as newborn babes, you see, I got saved. I had never read a Bible. 
I didn't know nothing about the Bible. <laughs> As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. But I've read my Bible through now 20 times plus. I mean, I've been saved 36 years and I've read it every year for 36 years. But 20 of those years, I read it through the whole year. And I'm on the process of doing it again right now. We are, we're making this as simple as we can. But maybe you got some questions. And if you do, we invite you to send those questions to us by way of the live stream. Or you can uh, mail them to the church's address uh, here. Uh, hold on just a minute here. I've got it wrote in the other notes here. If you want to mail your question here, we'll try to touch those topics. Uh, you can send any question or any donations or correspondence to Landmark Baptist Church. Uh, in care of our treasure, Tammy Tibbs, uh, 4857 Smith's Grove, Scottsville Road, Smith's Grove, Kentucky, 42172. Any question that you want discussed, we'll be glad to take the Bible, bring it out. Uh, I'll tell you right now, the Bible's got all the answers. It's got everything that we need. We're going to talk a lot more about the Bible here on these days to come. But these Wednesday nights, we're dedicating them to uh, trying to help people. Uh, matters that seem like they're complicated are simplified when you take your Bible out and read it. And uh, anyway, we just hope they'll let some bit of, bit of benefit to you. Uh, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the sweet word of God. Thank you for Sister Rita being here, Lord, sung my favorite song in Jesus name I can't remember Katie's last name but, but Lord what a tremendous song uh, Lord she got a tremendous testimony and I'm glad for that name Jesus I'm glad that he was willing to step down and come down here walk among the filth of this world just for the day that he could be nailed to a cross go to a hill called Golgotha and pray the greatest prayer Father forgive him they know not what they do and the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us that's how I got forgiven cause Jesus prayed for me on a cross beaten beyond recognition gave his life a ransom for all help those out there listening tonight help them Lord I pray to get saved before it's everlasting too late we we'll ask it in Christ's name Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah.